And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back in Hale Varsity Radio, Nebraska, Iowa week. We welcome in really talented college football man, Scott Doctorman, uh, with uh, The Athletic and, of course, covers Iowa and college football. Scott, what a season it's been. Can, can you believe it? We we nod and say what's up every year in Indy uh, for Big Ten Media Days. And fast forward, it's already, well, uh, Nebraska-Iowa weekend. How are you? I'm doing well, but I'm 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 like I'm I'm with everybody else. Where when you get close to the end, you just go, "Wow, where did the time go?" And it always seems to happen this way. And here we are again. And you, everybody, you, you've talked for nine months. You're so excited about college football. You project everything, and and then you, before you know it, it's like, "Wow, for, a quarth, uh, quarter of the season's gone, and now here we are going into the last game." Well, Scott, I want to get the the loadout on Iowa. Uh, the uh, the two parts to this coin on field off field let's focus on the the off field drama just for a moment with the decision by administration to move on from Brian Ferentz how you've kind of processed and absorbed all of this and what's your temperature right now of of coach Kirk Ferentz and and kind of where he's at in his career and his time at Iowa could could Friday be his last regular season uh, appearance with Iowa, or do you think, you know what, he'll move forward and deal without having his son as OC? You know, initially you kind of, everybody kind of wondered it and I was among them, you know, re- trying to read the tea leaves, you know, when Brian Ferentz was pushed out that, that Kirk Ferentz might step away. But uh, the people I've talked to closest to him have decided that, no, he doesn't, he's not going to leave. Um, he's uh, happy coaching the team now that may mean that certain things like <laughs> giving money back to the athletics department i could see that one probably evaporating now because mm-hmm. of this but but by and large um if if he did have a chance to leave i i think that the players would have sensed it too and and if you want to say that if, if there's anything that kind of showcases uh, the prowess that kirk ferentz has as a coach it's how his team has kept its mentality straight on since this all took place because uh, you know this could have been a moment where they went right down the you know the toilet <laughs> and instead that they've won every game since then they haven't played any differently you know they haven't played like let's win one for brian although the other day they did dump it with a bucket of power aid um and but they've they've really kept their focus and that's to be you know certainly a credit to, to kirk ferentz who's been able to do this for a long long time Scott Docterman's with us. Hale Varsity Radio. We're talking Iowa football, Nebraska-Iowa Black Friday. And, Scott, a a thought from you on just the atmosphere. And let's go back to Saturday, the win over Illinois to clinch this early. Uh, Yeah, it was was certainly an interesting scene in in Iowa City because, you know, the the atmosphere surrounding the team has been – pretty mixed as you can imagine i mean the offense has been so bad for for you know a couple of years now but especially this year that the fans you know had been kind of i don't know grumpy is the best way to describe it they were poo-pooing every win everything uh, you know without really getting too detailed but then um 
but I think in some ways uh, announcing that Brian Ferentz would leave at the end of the season has kind of, uh, you know, been a release valve, almost popped a blister. And, and you know, some fans have been able to say, okay, well, maybe they can enjoy it a little bit more. And then the other day, you know, it was a typical Iowa game this year where everything was played really close to the vest. Um, they didn't really make any mistakes, but they weren't playing well on offense for most part. And then at the end, they put forth one of the, you know, really an, an impactful play. I mean, it's a division winning play in, in the last couple of minutes of action. And, and so um, I think people were pretty excited. You know, there wasn't a rush to the field moment, but they were very uh, you know, excited for this team to overcome its liabilities to, you know, end up winning the West division. What What do you think about with this nine and two record? Are you amazed by it or are you, well, Hey, uh, it, it's the big 10 and Iowa's adapted appropriately to this last hurrah in the West division. But, but overall, I mean, they are just better than most. They're more physical. They're, uh, insanely talented on defense and hey guess what they're like everybody else in the division they can just do enough on offense to survive I think I think what it comes down to with Iowa versus pretty much most of its competition is uh, the mental focus that it has on doing its job is kind of been what has enabled it to, to succeed where others have not or come close and and I think you, you look back at a little over three weeks ago, there was a four-way tie across the the Big Ten West. And any of those four teams, I mean, talent-wise, they're comparable, uh, ability-wise, yet you know, one has been able to, to stand out and, and even win and persevere in, in these games. And it's because of the mental focus that they have, because yes, their defense is tremendous. They're, they have the best punter in the country. They have good special teams, but you know, they also lost its best player um, in Cooper DeGene, um, you know, when he was practicing offense, nevertheless. And um, that, you know, that could, again, could really harm a team, but instead they were able to, to move forward. And, and uh, so, you know, the Big Ten is, you know, clearly a group of three and then everybody else. But Iowa in, in its philosophy and its style of play and the way it channels and focuses and, and wins play by play and plays a kind of a, the boring cliche of one play at a time. But it works. And that's why it's nine and two. And nobody else is really close to it. But right now, it's that mentality that, that Matt Rules preached all year. You know, one you know, one and zero each week, one play at a time, kind of shrink it down to to that process, and and you know, get better doing that. What's your take on on Coach Rule and what you've seen to your West uh, with Nebraska this year? There's a lot I like about Nebraska. I really think that they're on the right path. I. Uh, I like what, you know, Matt Rule's message is, is. I like the way they play defense. Obviously, their defense is right there with Iowa's as being among the best in the country. Um, you know, it, it's really the turnovers. And, you know, if that's, you know, uh, per, uh, Purdy Jr., Chubba Purdy Jr., mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, out there, if he if he can be the one to, to kind of limit the turnovers or, or whatever, I think then, then if they can kind of, adapt at least feel you know mentally and do the do all the little things right that there's no question in my mind that they're going to be a team that can take that jump and and be a you know if if not a 
championship caliber team next year in the Big Ten. Certainly one that's going to be, um, you know, upper tier, you know, a ranked type team. So I, I really like what he's done. I think uh, the, the no excuses was really important. I felt like that's when, one thing with Scott Frost, that there was always something to blame, whereas, you know, Matt per, uh, Rule has never done that. And so I like the approach. Um, it's been an unfortunate kind of run the last few weeks of close losses, but I think overall in the big picture, he's got Nebraska on the right track. What do you think about Friday, Scott? Uh, Vegas says this thing's a coin flip. Iowa's been favored. Nebraska's been favored. Uh, you have uh, both teams playing with backup quarterbacks. Iowa's run game has shown uh, a bit of life, and Nebraska's offense, uh, a far cry from what it's been, at least with that pretty factor. Um, what, uh, what's the difference on, on Black Friday? I think it's going to come down to the very smallest of details and it's boring and it's people are going to make fun of everybody on Twitter about it on Friday, but it's going to come down to field position. It's going to come down to turnovers, excuse me, sorry, penalties. Um, You know, just because I think, you know, both teams run the ball somewhat effectively. Iowa's has gotten much better over the last month or so. Um, Nebraska's is one of the, you know, I think it is number one in the big 10. And both defenses are outstanding, um, but it is going to come down to those smaller details, you know, whether or not the punt goes out at the five instead of goes in the end zone, whether, you know, the turnovers, I think, are probably the biggest key. But I expect this to come down to the end. And and this this could be a defining win for Nebraska, not just because of, you know, forget who they're playing necessarily. It's what they're playing against because they've lost so many of these little close games that if they can find a way to get over the top against an, against a pretty good team in Iowa and, and win a game and get to a bowl game, this is one that can really propel Nebraska to the future. Like, okay, we, we can win the close games. We can avoid the big mistakes and get to a bowl game, get those extra practices, and they're going to be highly sought – um, in the bowl by the bowl alliance, you know, uh, you know, I would expect Vegas to, to be very interested in Nebraska if they can win. But you know, they're going up against a team that is, you know, again very mentally focused, you know, physically dominant on defense, and uh, also very very banged up. Um, you know, arguably it's net, you know three of it, its three best players are out for the season, and its quarterback. He's played better, but he's been inconsistent through the season. So there's an opportunity there for Nebraska to win this game, but um, they're going to have to go against a team that's that's you know that's once uh, what I think it's 17 out of its last 18 November games. The only loss came last year in Iowa City, so uh, to Nebraska. How is that memory for this Hawkeye group? Uh, last year we were on the road for it. We were there and surprised a lot of us. Uh, and then you made the, the midnight drive back because wor- word was, uh, here's Rule, uh, you know, here's Johnny. <laughs> and uh, you, know, you were back to cover the, the announcement. But this Iowa team, uh, is that uh, a, a memory they're carrying with them or does it matter? It's, it's Nebraska. They were gonna, they're going to be up for it anyway. Yeah, it's one of the, you know, it's something that they're going to be focused on anyway. I mean, they have accomplished their goal of winning the West already. So I, I, we get to talk to them in a few hours and to see, but, but, you know, they, they, any kind of trophy game matters to them. Uh, losing, you know, Iowa State loss last year really was the one that chapped them the most, and and so they went, were able to go to Ames and do it. I I, I imagine that's the same focus with Nebraska. It's it's an important game, you know, having somebody 
win a trophy at your home and and uh, costed them the West Division was something that you know mattered to them. Um, you know they also had significant injuries in that game. Uh, you know Spencer Petrus is still you know he just hit the transfer portal, but you know he you know he tore his labrum and his rotator cuff by a hit that game, and then their backup quarterback who has since transferred to SMU and is the third team quarterback, just to give you a little bit of a background on how good he was. And then Cooper DeGene got knocked out, and they put a true freshman in, Trey Palmer. Uh, pretty bad matchup, I think, uh, across the board. Uh, Trey Palmer abused him and got some good film for the NFL. So I, I think that it matters uh, a lot. But I also think the one thing this team does pretty well is it doesn't get too hyped for one singular opponent. It just focuses on the task at hand. And, and so, yes, they're going to want to win at Nebraska, win the Heroes Trophy, take it back to Iowa City, and probably take a if, – if they were to happen to win, probably have some shot in Florida if, if uh, Nebraska can't go to a bowl game. But but they're not going to put more emphasis on this than they would pretty much any other game. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Scott Docterman's with us. Nebraska, Iowa, Black Friday, Hale Varsity Radio. And uh, find Scott at Scott Docterman on Twitter. Read him with The Athletic. Does an amazing job of covering uh, Iowa, the Big Ten, and college football. Hawkeye fans want to see who in Indy, Ohio State or Michigan? Uh, great question. Um, you know, if Caden McNamara and Eric All were able to play, I think sure. it'd probably be Michigan. But now with, you know, I they, they don't they you know they've been in the same league with them for a hundred plus years, and they don't like either one. And I think stylistically, <laughs> you're, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, you know, Ohio State's a little more explosive. I It's hard to say which one's a better matchup because I don't think either one's a good matchup for Iowa. So I'll, I'll flip a coin and say Ohio State, but I think they would have really loved to have Cooper DeGene back there trying to defend Marvin Harrison versus, I don't know, anybody else on the planet. <laughs> no, that, that's a good point. Uh, last thought, and Scott Docterman with us will get you out here with The Athletic. Just your your reaction here. With, uh, with with Michigan, uh, despite all of uh, the, the scandal, they could go get it done for a third straight year against Ohio State. And, you know, if they, if they handle their business, they're, either team's supposed to, to, to beat the West opponent, whoever that was, right? And, mm-hmm. and then you're, you're, you're playoff bound. I mean, if, if Michigan does this, is this uh, 2023 uh, movie going to be titled The Bad Guys Won? Yeah, they're kind of like the 86 Mets. Right, you know? great book. I love the book. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're the team everybody hated, and they, they I think they embrace that, I, and I get it. I mean, you know, for pretty much uh, covering the Big Ten, it's always been Ohio State is kind of the evil empire. In fact, we've always referred to Ohio Stadium as uh, the Death Star, but, you know, <laughs> you know the, but the, in this case, it, the, the villain is, has turned to, to Ann Arbor, and um, you know, I, if they're them, you, you've got to embrace it and accept it. They like being that, that those bad guys. Cause for a long time, they've been, uh, the, the junior partner in that rivalry with Ohio state. And that does not wear well with either school, but, but, you know, I will say this, that whoever wins, um, and they play Iowa, Iowa does not have near the talent to match up with them. We know that. But Iowa has won a few games against teams of that caliber, including 2016 against Michigan, which was number two, similar type team. And they just played it really close to the vest, played 
very physical and, um, you know, and just kept it close. And then at the end, one on a last second field goal. And, and to me, the greatest upset I've ever been, I've ever seen was in 2003 in the big 12 championship, but number one, Oklahoma 12 and 0 considered by many is the best team in college football history got beat by nine and three Kansas state at Arrowhead stadium. And, and I still remember that to this day. And so I'm not going to completely shut out any kind of idea that maybe Iowa pulls an upset. I know it's a one to 100 chance, but but I'll say this, that, you know, somebody like in Ann Arbor or Columbus probably shouldn't celebrate too much. They should concentrate because they're going to get a real, you know, they're going to get a fist in the mouth a few times against Iowa. Oh, it'll be physical. Absolutely. Scott Docterman, the athletic and at Scott Docterman on Twitter. Hey, Scott, we will check in soon. Thanks for giving us a few, few minutes this week here for Nebraska, Iowa. Thanks for having me, Chris. I really appreciate it.